Hi, this is Jessica from Suska Says, and you're listening to the Discussing Network. Titanic. Um, who? Full of the name? So you travel a lot? Starway. Check your scanners, Captain. You've got meteors coming in and no shielding. Look out the windows. Information. You are all going to die. Bad name for a ship. I don't think it was an accident. I will get you out of here, Astrid. I promise. We're going to save the Titanic. I've got life signs all over the ship, but they're going out one by one. I'm the doctor. Get Slowly! I'm a time lord. I'm the man that's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. We are glad that you are here. And who are we? Well, I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, welcome back, Nicole from the Terminus Podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, everybody? Doing pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. So I think as of this recording, you've recently attended something that the rest of us on this podcast didn't get to go to this year, the very last Hulanta. How was yeah, it? Yeah, you guys were sadly missed. I, I thought like at least two of you were coming and then you weren't. And then I, I was sad, but no, I'm okay now. I, I cried a little. I, I bashed up my chest like, whoa. <sighs> and, but then I was fine. I was fine. But no, it was, uh, it was really good. But, you know, it's bittersweet because it's the, the last one or at least the last one that we know of because they did say it may come back at some point, but we have no idea when it's coming back. But mm. um, no, it was ironically, I think it was probably my favorite one. This was my 10th one that I've been to. And I think it was actually my favorite. Like I had the most fun at this one. And so. It was really good. It had uh, Janet Fielding was there who played Tegan, who was a fifth doctor companion. Uh, there was a guy called Edward Russell there who I'd never heard of, but he used to be the brand manager for Doctor Who from, I think he started in series two and then went on all the way up until Chibnall. And basically he just made sure that all the merchandise and everything, you know, fit Doctor Who's, you know, ethos stuff yeah and so he had a lot of really interesting stories because of course he'd worked with you know russell and you know all the people from that era as well as all the people from moffat's era and he was just really sweet i liked him a lot and uh john davy who is one of those people who's like always like a monster or something like i think he started as a a Cyberman and Rise of the Cyberman, but he's been like a Jadoon and a Dalek and Whisperman. And, you know, he's been like all those people. And uh, there was this guy called Robert Alsop, who was like a costume and prop maker. And I think he started in the McCoy era, but he also did some new who stuff like, you know, those creepy peg dolls and like Rory's Roman armor. And uh, I think he did like the Time Lord regalia in the 50th and, and that sort of stuff. And Kelly Yates was there, comic book artist. He's always super sweet. And uh, also Jason Hay Ellery, who was the he's uh, one of the heads or the head of Big Finish. I'm not sure what his uh, current status is <laughs> as a boss of Big Finish. They kept jokingly calling him Jason Big Salary instead of <laughs> Jason A. Ellery. But he was super sweet, and he talked a bit about Big Finish and stuff. And actually, related to Big Finish, 
um, coming out uh, as of recording this on Thursday, May the 16th, the Doctor Who 10th Doctor Adventures Volume 3 is coming out with the 10th Doctor and Donna. It's their second big finish season together, and it's going to have like Bernard Cribbins, and it should be really exciting. So, yeah, that's cool. I think all I got. I mean... I could say more. I mean, I only did one panel this year. I was I was good. I didn't I didn't run all over the place like last year. So say yeah. you 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 thought we were coming and you didn't mm-hmm. do all the yeah. panels and then we didn't show up. And That's you didn't our show fault. up. So I just you know just had to hang out with my teddy bear. No, no, actually I hung out with people. It was fine. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I only did one. I did uh, the. Season 26 panel, which is the last season of Classic Who with the Seventh Doctor. And it's actually my favorite season of Doctor Who. So I was like, I can do that one in my sleep. So I, that's what I did. And it, I think it went pretty well. I was a little nervous because I wanted to rewatch all the stories the week before. Uh, but I didn't get to because my wife, uh, she had pneumonia. <laughs> and so I was just like taking care of her the whole week. So um, that was exciting, but um, it was fine. I was able to do it. I just, I like to cram like for a test to do a panel and I didn't get to do that, but it was fun. Well, I cool, think. cool, cool <laughs> that you had fun. And yeah. just, just a comment real quick on Hulanta. You know, I've said before on this podcast, uh, this was where Lee, Clarence, and I all met the three of us together in person. Not that we had not met prior to that, but in person, it's the first place. But had there not been Hulanta, I have a probably good inkling of suspicion that our paths may never have crossed with you, Nicole. So thankful Mm. to Alan Seiler for that in itself, for introducing us by attendance to you. So, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, my God, there were two people, Rachel and oh, I can't remember her name, but at the the closing ceremonies, they actually surprised Alan with this song that they wrote. And basically the theme of the song was like, had you not created Hulanta, we would not have all met each other. And everybody there wasn't a dry eye in the house like everyone was crying. Even I was I wasn't expecting to cry, but I was like, oh, (laughs) But it's true. I mean, it's brought so many friendships together. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have known you guys unless we, you know, we're talking about trying to do a podcaster meetup. And I think that's how Kyle and I started yes, talking. Agreed. And so, yeah, I mean, we didn't meet each other that first Hulanta that you guys were at, but um, we did in the second one. And here yeah, we are. and here we are. Well, I'm like the the fourth wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, one last thing I'll mention before we move on from Hulanta. There was someone else at Hulanta. Her name is Sarah, who reached out to us uh, after discussing who wasn't there and made a comment or we, we discussed briefly about being able to connect even after Hulanta. And I mentioned to her that we were considering having a Facebook group for the entire discussing network all of our shows kind of combined so sarah you can go right now to facebook by the time this goes out go to facebook look for groups and look for discussing networks so you can find that like i said after this episode goes out but i want to transition to another one of the people who is with me tonight and speaking of radio dramas like uh big finish 
I want to talk about something that went to stage that started as a radio drama called War of the Worlds, starring our very own Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I am well. I'm well. I'm, um, I've picked up some kind of a virus, which for people who know War of the Worlds, that's ironic. Um, but uh, it's uh, not I'll be own, okay. Is it? Hopefully. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I got it from your wife over the oh yeah I uh, over over the I internet. Just, yeah. I emailed it to you. Right. Mm. Um, no, I, I hope she's better, and I'm. Ah, <laughs> oh, she's. <clears throat> yeah, and what I have is a is a baby dose of something, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the reason I wasn't at Who Lanta and missed it all was because I was on stage being Orson Welles in a a, 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 a big stage production of the um, of War of the Worlds the radio play the. Uh, the live recreation of the notorious October 1938 broadcast. That's my eighth time doing this show. And um, each one is a little more elaborate than the last. It keeps getting bigger. But this was the biggest. And um, and so uh, that, that was fun. So, cool. Well, yeah, glad so that's where I fun. was. And glad um, that you're back because we took about a two-week break from discussing we who. Yeah. Um so I'm glad to be back. I've missed uh, being on the line with you guys. So absolutely. you remember how to do it, right? Yeah, so absolutely. And okay. you know what? I don't want to leave anybody behind. So definitely want to mention the fourth person to make this podcast complete, Clarence Brown. How are you? I thought you were going to say the fourth person to make this voyage, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm doing good, man. Uh, happy to be back on the show. Um, as everybody else else has been off doing things, uh, we went up to Tupelo uh, during the same time that Atlanta was going on, and I got to see Vic Manana for the first time and meet him right. and shake his hand, and that was well worth it because that guy's love for Star Trek is un unmatched. He's freaking awesome. <laughs> yes, I just I just read uh, somebody uh, on the Star Trek. Uh, Facebook group saying he's real excited because he on his podcast, he's going to get to interview Vic Magnonia. And he said, uh, you know, he's on Star Trek continues. And I thought, Oh boy, when you start talking to him, I hope you're not going to say that he's on, on Star, Star Trek, Trek continues. continues. <laughs> um, I think Vic is Star Trek yes. continues. Um, yes. So my anyway. favorite, I got to say this really quick. My favorite part of that entire weekend was remember me describing my meet, uh, the, the moment I met Peter Davison a couple of, <laughs> Yeah. 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 So I got to see the tables turned and to see Clarence have a fanboy moment. So that was that was really cool. <laughs> With just Vic? a bit. Yeah. Just yeah. a bit. Just, just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> and speaking of Star Trek and my uh segue just a minute ago where I said I didn't want to leave you behind, you and I had an opportunity to go see something last night that was really, really cool. Yeah, the uh, DS9 documentary, What We Left Behind. Um, yeah, pretty good. And we're, we'll have a review up for that pretty soon. And yeah, uh, you can't really watch it because it was a one night only fan, phantom, phantom event. And um, yeah, it was very enjoyable. Uh, good to see all those cast members after all these years. Um, uh, Nana Visitor is freaking beautiful. <laughs> that was well worth the Always admission. was. It still is at 61. Yes. Oh, she was 61. Wow. Yes, she's 61. <laughs> wow. Good for her. Good for her. So does anyone have anything before we get into the story proper? 
don't think so. Don't, yeah, uh, don't think so. All right. So if you have not seen Voyage of the Damned, here's what you need to do. Go out, watch the episode, put us on pause, go, go watch it because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Affirmative. Spoilers. Affirmative. Affirmative. Spoilers. All righty. The spoiler warning has gone out and we are here to celebrate Voyage of the Damned. This, this episode was given to us by the vengeful Santa Claus. It tells the story of the doctor. He is the 10th human to be given the title, the doctor after defeating the ninth before he parted ways on the day of boxing at the Battle of Rose. Tyler. Uh, <laughs> Where did yeah. you degree? I think, I think, yeah, I think your degree in earthology uh, needs to be <laughs> updated. Earthonomics. Is that it? Yeah. 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 I think what you're trying to say is that uh, Voyage of the Dam was the third Christmas special since Doctor Who returned in 2005, and that it aired, of course, on the 25th of December in 2007 and featured guest star Kylie Minogue as. Astrid Peth, whose name is sort of an anagram of the TARDIS, and I thought yep. that was going to mean something. Yeah, it didn't. random all did. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't just me. No, there was a lot of speculation at that point that we thought it was going to be actually what ended up kind of being the story of the Doctor's wife, where we well, thought yeah. it was going to be a female I, the TARDIS. So I, so I mean, I can't complain about that. Yeah, but it also featured the first appearance. Of Bernard Cribbins as Wilfred Mott. And if I understand right, there was not at this point a plan for him to be related to Donna. No, he was a guy called Stan. Stan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he, <sighs> um, yeah, he wasn't expected to come back. In yeah. fact, it was weird. I watched The Confidential and they didn't even mention him being in it, which I thought they would do. That's weird. Because he had been in the Cushing movie. That's you right. Know? But I was like, all right. But. Yeah, there was no no plan for him, but then the I can't forget the act can't remember the actor's name that played her father, but he unfortunately yeah. died. Right. And that just kind of left uh you know, a void for that character and so they just brought him back. Yeah, uh, you talk about your happy accidents because uh, Wilf is is just one of my favorite characters of the new series, uh, hands down and bar none, so yeah, and Great. I actually like your description of this episode much better than mine, so kudos to you, Mr. Okay, Trapper. you'll stick with that one? I'll stick with that one, because that okay, sounds like yeah. a much more interesting, uh, you know, take on the story itself. More credible. I think you were in the mirror universe there where the, maybe so. you know, the doctors move up by assassination of their previous. Uh, <laughs> maybe so. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm just curious. That's Initi how it works with the master. <laughs> ah, say something nice. Yeah, Come on. Basically. Yeah. So initial take and Clarence, I'm going to point this one to you. Initial take. What did you think of this episode? Hmm. I thought it was fun. I don't I don't know if it's one of my favorite Christmas specials. I do like and we'll get into it, but I like the the fact that the Titanic was a flying boat basically. <laughs> uh very much harkens to a lot of anime um uh space battleship uh Yamato, I think Yamato. is the name of it. Um as well as if you think of trains doing the same thing, uh Galaxy Railways, which is another anime I've I've seen before. Uh so I do like that. Um and I I think it was just a fun overall episode some very memorable characters um 
you know, the doctor, this time we see the doctor kind of not not as distraught after a campaign has left. So that's something memorable about this. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. Lee, what about you? I think we were both uh, dragging our feet about reviewing this show. It's like, oh, that Christmas special. Huh? And so I uh, reluctantly went to it and had a rollicking good time. I, I really enjoyed watching it this time. And, and I was trying to now think back, why did I decide I don't like this Christmas special? Because I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm, cool. All right, Nicole, what do you think? Um, well, okay. So actually, this is the first story I watched live since I joined online fandom, because before that, I was just like a, a fan on my own. And um, so I remember all the sort of that's, you know, as we were talking about the speculation that Astrid oh, was going to be she's the, the TARDIS. And, yeah. But I also remember, at least in my corner of fandom, which was the Martha fans, <laughs> that a lot of people were really pissed off by the story. And they got yeah. really angry because yeah. they were like, he didn't seem to care that he lost Martha. He was like, I can't get close to Martha because of Rose. But he got super close to Astrid really quickly. Mm. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, so there was like a lot of people that were like, what? You know, this is weird. And uh, so I kind of remembered all of that angst, you know, going into it. <laughs> but I but it's softened over time. You know, it's been over 10 years now. So rewatching it, it actually I enjoyed it better than I expected. I mean, the the story's kind of weak. It's just a it's just an action adventure kind of it's pretty paint by numbers. It's not it's just like a disaster flick. Yeah. But specifically I, the Poseidon adventure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I actually I was still into it and I was caught up in it and I mostly liked it. And I mean there were things I didn't like about it, but for the most part I actually was surprised. I'm like, oh, I actually like this more than I expected because yeah. I'm usually like, oh, I hate that story. So um, it's not one of my favorites, but I'm I actually I definitely think better about it than I thought I would. So I'm going to echo a combination of what all three of you said, because, A, it was not my favorite. B, whenever I started watching it. I really found myself having a lot of fun, especially whenever I heard a name that I really enjoyed saying. I'll get to that in a minute. But um <laughs> it wasn't the strongest, but it was it was fun. And you know, the seeing um a particular character that's no longer or the actor that's no longer with us, there was kind of a bittersweet moment with a comment that he made, which like I said I'll get to in just a minute. But yeah, I had fun with this. It was not anything that I can't, uh, say that I won't watch again, but at the flip, it's not one that I'm going to go out and say, Hey, if you've never watched Doctor Who before, you've got to watch Forge of the Damned, you know? Right. So let's kind of start with the Titanic in general. Did you guys think when seeing the Titanic breakthrough the first time, were you, do you recall being surprised and seeing, well, we're actually on the Starship Titanic, not the Titanic Titanic? Anybody? Mm. No, yeah. because we're Douglas Adams fans and we, <laughs> right. we know his, we know his book Starship Titanic, which has a lot of the same ideas. And, um, and of course the, the, the Douglas Adams Doctor Who connection is strong. Um, I had forgotten that when the doctor is trying to think of protocol numbers to ask the, uh, so 42. Uh, 42 is one of the one of his guesses. And it, he, he just says it in a different way than the other numbers. But uh, And also, so. wasn't the ninth doctor on the Titanic? There was something with um, yes, Clyde yes. or something. Yes, Clyde. Yes, Clyde saw so him. that would be like he, yeah. he shouldn't cross paths with himself on the, right. on the real Titanic. 
But yeah. but yeah, I wasn't really sure because you know you get the Titanic crashes into the ship. Of course, we had that whole time crash thing, which I had to watch that because mm-hmm. it just felt weird watching this without time crash. But yeah, I thought it was maybe gonna be the something like it wasn't gonna be the Titanic, but I wasn't sure what it was gonna be just yet. Yeah. They they did tease it, didn't they? That when he comes yeah. out onto the, the 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 promenade there, it really looks like the 1912 Titanic. Right, yeah, because everybody's in fancy dress, but they're right. in fancy fancy dress, not British fancy dress. Yeah, <laughs> and Which then I you start so noticing bad for the couple, you know, because they are in fancy dress. They are in the British sense, yeah. but yeah. So let's talk yeah. a minute uh, about. Oh, go ahead, Clarence. I'm sorry. No, I was going to ask about the. Uh, when the ship first hits the TARDIS, there's a very brief moment where the doctor does sort of a granular time reversal thing. And I wonder, like, has that been done before? Because I, I don't remember seeing such a, you know, a small amount of time being reversed in that manner from the doctor. Yeah, that could have come in very handy sometimes, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't uh, think we ever see it know, again either. It's a good, it's a, it's a really good catch. Like, how can, why can he do that now when he ordinarily can't so are we talking about when he corrects the i mean repairs the outer hull yeah yeah Yeah, it's not clear what he does but it does look like he's rewinding something Mm -hmm. maybe but it's not really clear because they don't really talk about it no and i never thought about it that way clarence but i think you're right i mean what what else could it be Or, or he's turning the shields on and it's kind of pushing the ship out you know i guess that's the way it read to me but I don't know. <laughs> or maybe the TARDIS just can rebuild herself because she well, does sort of make herself anyway. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's not very clear. It's like, let's no. just get out. of. That's one thing that they do a lot with the cliffhangers. It's like, OK, this is fixed in like two minutes. And yeah, you right. think it's going to be this big deal, but <laughs> it actually gets fixed. And yeah, it's like, no, we're past that. We just need well, to move on to yes. the plot. Yeah, we we had enough speculation for however many months of, oh, well, he's going to hit the Titanic. How's he going to be on the Titanic? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, forget the Titanic. We're we're on a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know, if you're if you're uh if you're my age, you know, older than you know what, um you 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 were braced for disappointment because on a, a time travel show where you're gonna end up on the Titanic, that would be the time tunnel. Um the, uh, the first episode of the time tunnel uh took our mm-hmm. hapless heroes onto the Titanic. True. True. And uh yeah, so I think there was there was a part of me going, No, 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 we're not going to the Titanic. No, no. <laughs> Come on. We don't we don't cross the streams with Irwin Allen at all. Let's not do that. So knew it had to be something else. But I, I do I do love the the little moment there where uh, when the doctor comes outside and he sort of touches the outside of the TARDIS where from his point of view the Titanic had gone through. So he's sort of like he's like he's sort of patting it to make sure it's uh, it's okay. It's like, and yeah. I like yeah, a little yeah. bit that the glasses clank as the as the um, TARDIS uh, materializes. Yes, you hear the glasses like jiggling, yeah. and yes. I'm like, oh, that's a nice little touch. Yes. You know, they didn't have to do that. But yeah, with the Titanic, I love when he's asking the uh, heavenly host. He's like, "Why did they name this? Do you know why it's famous? You know? <laughs> yeah, famous ship. Yeah." yeah. <laughs> Why did you want to name the ship that? Yeah. I often think about that when people who na- name their kids after characters in Shakespeare, and I sometimes like wince and say, "You haven't read the play, have you?" <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's just like I hear, uh, and this is going to be a pop culture reference, so spoilers. 
I think there are a lot of people, I won't say the name because I don't want to spoil anybody that hasn't seen it, but there is a television show that's ending and a lot of people who named their child after a certain character on said yep. television show that are now regretting perhaps naming <laughs> said child Oops. after said character. Oops. Yes. Yep. But speaking of characters, since they are on the Titanic, we pretty much know the trajectory of this story means <laughs> ship is going to potentially crash. So let's talk about the characters. What did you guys think of Astrid as a character? And Clarence, I'll let you take this one first. What did you think of Astrid? Um, very much a, and I say this a lot about campaigns, but she's like a go-getter. She, she is in this position where she is trying to get away. You know, she wants to travel and it seems like as, as soon as she's paired with the doctor, she gains a certain amount of confidence. And I, mean, I just enjoyed that about her. Uh, I thought that was really fun. And her connection with the doctor as well uh, was something, you know, again, like if you've just come off of seeing Martha, you you might be a bit surprised by it, maybe even angry by it, especially with, you know, the kiss and 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 how the doctor feels by the end of the episode of her. Uh, but, yeah, a very fun character who I think, you know, we could definitely see traveling with the doctor. Yes. Lee, what about you? Um, I remember, I, I think I was more impressed with her as a character this time than I was before. I, I think that this Christmas special was supposed to do something for its native audience that the previous one was supposed to do for its native audience that didn't work for me because I don't know who these people are. I mean, for people in yeah, the UK, a star. Yeah, that last year, I think everybody said, "OMG, that's Catherine Tate," and I was saying, "Who the hell is this?" And I think we're supposed to go, "Woo, it's Kylie Minogue," but I was going, "Who?" So, um, so, so that aspect of it just didn't uh, didn't do anything for me. <laughs> but, um, but, but uh, Clarence is is right as usual. Uh, uh, we do keep talking about uh, she's got spunk and. Um, and and I do love that when she's got uh, Balakafalada's uh, uh, power source that she she basically becomes the doctor. She's now leading the way and uh, facing down the the hosts and um, and ready to to do whatever it takes uh, up to the very end, uh, doing whatever it takes. And I, you know, you, you got to love that in in a character that we're only going to know for forty five minutes. <laughs> Good uh, point, Nicole. Yeah, so. What about you? Um, well, okay. I, I kind of knew Kylie Minogue, but not to the, like, she's not as famous in America as she is like in Britain and, and stuff. But, um, I have weird, I have like mixed feelings about her on the one hand. I think she's like a good companion as far as the, you know, she ticks all the boxes, mm. but in some ways it's a little weird. Like she's almost like Rose light in a way. She, she has a lot of <laughs> rose isms about her. Mm -hmm. And the, yeah. the other thing that I find slightly weird, and I, 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 this has been written about by other people before, so this isn't from just me, but she's almost written like a teenager. She's mm -hmm. somewhat infantilized in some way, but she's played by a woman in her 40s. So it's kind of weird. She doesn't feel like a woman in her 40s. Like she feels mm -hmm. like a very young person. And I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying she yeah. doesn't have, like you'll see later with Donna, Donna has... 
So if anybody listening wonders what that was, that meant that my internet connection hit an iceberg and messed up my connection for a minute. But luckily, I'm back and got everybody back on the call with me, and we're still talking Voyage of the Dam. Maybe that's what happened. We're talking Voyage of the Dam. Maybe this is the episode of the damned. Who knows? Phone call of the damned. <laughs> so, so we were finished. I wish you. I wish we had a webcam, actually, because uh, it's a long story why, but my wife and I have outfitted one of the rooms in our house, what we call the Titanic Room, and oh. there's a big poster for, you know, sail on the Titanic and a, and a lovely model of the Titanic in here and a a helm on the wall and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm sitting in the Titanic room. Mm. <laughs> so we're talking about Voyage of the Damned. So, Well, maybe hey, we need to start streaming our episodes, and then we, you guys could have seen me cussing under my breath while the <laughs> Internet dropped out. That would have been worth some some Patreon sponsorship there. Yeah, yeah exactly. that could have been a, like an extra, yeah, <laughs> extra episode. Honestly, Kyle. Yeah, if we start doing this on video, I'll have to wear clothes though. And, 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 <laughs> have to yeah, wear pants. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> so, so could, speaking of someone who did not have pants, I do believe, <laughs> which would have been Max Capricorn. That's true. Very no true. Like oh Max. wait, no, no. I was going to say he might have had pants, but no, he was just the head. No, he he, he had a little ahead. bit ahead of the game, but um, oh, you know, get no pants. So as a villain, how how loosely veiled was the – is this going to be the villain? I mean – and I'll just start with myself and say, oh, come on. How could anybody not know that this was going to be the villain? I mean, the tooth gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> it really does that. It really does that. <laughs> what, did you, what do you all think? I don't think we were ever not supposed to know that, that Max Capricorn is, is behind all of this. I just – I don't know. What about um, you, Claire? Yeah, I think it's yeah. he's meant to like not be even a very good villain. He's just kind of like <laughs> kind of a mess. But he, you know, he does get the better of the doctor. So I don't know. He's, he's definitely he's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at first, I thought he was going to be completely AI and not even the head. You know, I got kind of that Max Headroom vibe from him mm-hmm. at first. Uh, but yeah, very cartoonish. Um, <laughs> like I said, barely a villain. But yeah, I, I thought he he served his purpose. <laughs> I'm glad you said Max Head. I, I did not remember from seeing this before that the uh, the host robots get hung up on saying the word Max. So they say Max, yeah, Max, 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 Max. Max. <laughs> yeah. the, way, the way Max Headroom used to sometimes. Do. That was fun. <laughs> yes, agreed, agreed. And surely yeah, uh, while you were um, uh, floating in space, Kyle, um, I said that I have two uh, trivia questions, and one of them is related to the villain. So oh. I don't know if I should drop that now. Drop it now. Let's go it. for it. Um. Oh, okay. Let's see. I'm trying to – how did I word it? Okay. Which famous American actor was originally approached about playing either Mr. Copper at first or Max Capricorn in the story and almost was cast, but plans fell through? Oh, I know that. Does anybody else? I do not. I do not. Should I say or should we let the listeners – you know what? Let's do this. Let's save it to the end of the episode. Ooh. Oh, now you have to listen to the whole thing. Now you have now to listen, you have to to listen to the whole listen. thing. You will never know. You will lose sleep. Wonder. Right. Yes. And you'll be blue if you don't. fast forward is not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we will not give the time stamp. <laughs> no, no time stamp. Right. We don't want you to be blue, um, you know, at the yeah. end. Exactly. So, um, 
What about you, Clarence? What do you, uh, or you just said you thought he was pretty much uh, serving his purpose, and I think he did. Yeah. And cartoonish, I, yeah. Very cartoonish, very cartoonish. But a character that might not have been cartoonish, but could have been cartoonish, but I don't care. I like this character, and I forgot how much I like saying this name. Banacafalata. Banacafalata. <laughs> <laughs> Banacafalata. Banacafalata. Android. I like that. Or cyborg. I, like when, uh, cyborg. I think the cyborg. doctor says, like, don't get spiky with me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes. So, Lee, what did you think of Banacafalata? Cyborg. <laughs> I, I, I loved him a lot. And, and uh, my son was 11 when this episode first aired. And uh, yeah, I, it's one of my vivid memories of him at that age is him going around the house saying, but I have another cyborg, <laughs> <laughs> which just meant that he was happy. So this was 2007, right? Yeah. Okay. I was in my 30s and I was going around going, you were doing too, yes. cyborg. So being, being 11 is not the reason. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's just fun saying. But, but uh, I... I really was drawn to him at the time because I love the uh, the fictional narrative, um, you know, what backstory there is about this character that he's come from a world that has a, a cultural bias against cyborgs. And so he's carrying this as a secret. And um, and several of my uh, gay and lesbian friends at the time told me that they they wept at this um, the cyborg moment Um and I thought I can understand that I'm a straight person, but I think I understand. Is yeah. it what? What if your specialness being revealed in that way will make your enemies go away? <laughs> you know, the, does that is it fair to say? Back me up on this, Nicole. Is that no, no? I, I that, totally that that is. Um, you know, honestly, I hadn't thought about that, but that is that is very accurate because you know he he's you know, living this big secret and he doesn't want to tell anybody. I mean, coming out is really scary, but at that point, you know, I mean, he's, he's powering down, he needs help. And so thankfully we have someone like Astrid who is, you know, very caring and she helps him out and keeps his secret. That's right. And um, yeah. yeah. And at the end we also have um, like, despite him dying, there's such a death toll in this, but despite him mm. dying, He's we're able to use a part of him to save people, yeah. which mm. is really mm. nice, you know. And so, you know, because they even say like he would want us to to keep his uh, I don't know his EMP thing. I don't know what yeah. what it had. And we and we believe it. We don't just think that's convenient. We think no, yeah, he, surely he would. Yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah. I don't talk. But about yeah, that. his his coming out saves the day. It's just, exactly. there. You go. Fantastic. That's yeah. that. You know, it's yeah. it's the thing that he was so scared of is the thing that saved everyone else. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, that, and that's pretty. I mean, that's, that, yeah. that, I like that part. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I love the flirtation between he and Astrid. <laughs> that was just beautifully done. Yeah. Uh, just put a smile on my face. They got engaged. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, I think yes. he just got engaged. The yeah. <laughs> so are we to believe that Max Capricorn has a similar plight? As being a cyborg, um, yeah, he said that this is why he's having to 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 be to keep himself uh, hidden on the ship. Oh, I right. missed it, and yeah. also yeah, because yeah, he's been kind of doing all his business by hologram, I think, mm-hmm. and then he purposely wants to uh, to retire to this one planet where the ladies <laughs> like cyborgs. Yeah, <laughs> they love metal. That's what want. They love, love the metal. metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, even the doctor's like oh. Yeah, talk about yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at least you know all he is is a head. Period. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, but even, I mean, Astrid says it's not like that anymore, that people don't really care. But I guess in a way that is also like a queer narrative where, yeah, maybe overall a lot of people don't care, but there are people that care, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's Until it's better. 100%. <laughs> right. And, and, yeah. and if you don't have to deal with it, then you don't really know sort of thing as well. So it's one thing if you're like not a cyborg and you're like, oh, cyborgs are fine. Uh, but if you are, you're probably still very scared. And he's a very powerful man. So for him to come out about it, I mean, that's that's almost even worse for him. I mean, not like bad. I'm just saying that it's scarier right. because he is in such a power position. Well, look at, you know, Banning Kafalata from the perspective of not just him being a cyborg, but also, you know, his stature is, you know, we've seen we've seen or we will see at some point in this next coming uh, run of episodes, some other aliens that are similar to Banakafalata, but who are not as diminutive as he is. So not only do you have the smaller stature, but you also have that uh, being a cyborg on top of that. So I could understand the fear of, you know, not necessarily your enemies, but maybe the people that you're friends with or whoever, uh, you know, having that fear. So, uh, and I that, thought that, that was well played. That stature probably makes him less frightening, you know, for mm -hmm. like in that sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody like, um, Max Capricorn is scarier because he has the power and he's different. So it's, yeah. But I guess, you know, Van Coppola must have had some money because all the people on that ship, minus the Van Offs, they were rich and, and they were in first class. So mm -hmm. that's, yeah. They, they yeah, never really say like what his, his uh, job or whatever is. So I don't know. Well, one maybe of the, he ran his planet. Well, one <laughs> of the yeah. things, uh, before we move on from Cyborg. From him, I th always thought it was interesting how they said, ladies and gentlemen, and Banakafalata. <laughs> you know, he was always <laughs> yes. uh, listed separately. <laughs> right. Ladies, gentlemen, and Banakafalata. Mm. Yeah. So what did we think? You know, let's talk uh, and keep going down the row here. What did we think of, I, I think their names, names were um, the Van Hoffs, the Foon and Morven. Yeah, so what did what did we think of them? Nicole, I'll start with you. What did you think of them? Oh god. Okay, so first off I will say that I love their relationship. They are like they're great. They're goals. I mean, they're just um I love that, you know, even when uh Foon is like, uh, you know, I, I I ran up this bill trying to get this contest and, and, and Morvin's like, Oh, you're my woman, I love you, you know? And they're just their love is so pure. I just I think they're great. Um, but there is a bit of fat phobia with them and making fun of, you know, they're the funny fat people and let's make fun of that and that just gets really old. I mean, it's a microaggression, um, but it's still, I'm like, did we really have to do that? And you have the one guy, Rick Sinslade, who's constantly making fat jokes. I mean, mm. he's, a, he's a jerk anyway, but he just keeps going at them and everyone's really mean to them, which made me happy when the 10th doctor went and sat with them and blew up the champagne on those other people. Yeah. Cause I'm That's like, awesome. you go doctor, you, you do that. But and yeah, it's, I, I think I it's a very that. deliberate teaching moment, too, don't you? That exactly. this is us saying, this is how you behave in these situations. You know, let's be like the doctor. Let's. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they were just, they were just normal people. They yeah. didn't 
to be treated poorly. We love yes. each other. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were great and, and they were just as um, brave and everything going through the ship as everyone else was. And, and even Foon, I, I mean, I didn't like that she sacrificed herself, but you know, she did, she, she did that to save everybody. And, and that was big. Yeah. That was a big deal. So. Yeah. Yeah. And her and her emotional beat before that was being paralyzed with fear. Right, and right. Then she didn't then want to comes this courage. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, she had just lost her husband, which was that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the doc, she's like, "You it's told great. me that we were going to get through this alive." Yeah. And the doctor's like, "Oh, you know, sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. Right, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm so so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. sorry." He always says that, but. Yep. I even put that in my newest podcast. He just says that all the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, just uh, yeah. I, I but I overall, I really, I really love them. I just don't like how the characters treat them sometimes. Sure. Yeah, it's it's funny because I didn't really get the 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 weight overtone. Um, I thought it was mostly a class thing. Is I guess I just didn't notice the weight. <laughs> I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I I thought it was a class thing. Like they weren't supposed to be here. It's kind of the feeling I got from the doctor approaching them and befriending them. Yeah. Um, they did say they thought that they were supposed to be in steerage. So that was a, that was definitely a class reference. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with Clarence. I saw more of it as them being more of the outcast slash the upper crust, quote unquote, rich, uh, passengers looking down on them saying, you do not belong, you know, kind of, kind of thing. Uh, I didn't see the, the, the weight, um, you know, for me personally. I actually saw all of the people that the doctor interacted with, even the guy that was the complete, you know, what the entire episode <laughs> were in some ways outcast and it was misfits. Yeah, yeah. Misfits and outcast, even Astrid for that matter. She was, in the eyes of the people that was being waited on just the staff, you know, so that's what I've really enjoyed about the assortment of characters that he surrounded himself with. And actually the lasso from the cowboy costume came in handy because that's what Foon used to take the, the angel (laughs) off the bridge. She just lassoed him (laughs) and like pulled him off. So there you go. Had That's they right. been in actual fancy dress, like, you know, dress of dress, not British fancy dress, um, which is where I think I learned that fancy dress meant that to British people. Usually, I think um, usually when they say fancy dress, they mean costume costume party. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, had they not been dressed like cowboys? Girl, yeah. yeah. She was w- the one who had a lasso when you needed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, speaking of fancy dress, I actually found out what it meant in British culture through another British TV show that was a comedy that we recently mentioned, where one of the characters by the name of Hyacinth went to this event in fancy dress, and she had to get a certain uh, particular fancy dress that nobody else had because she was Hyacinth, etc., and so forth, and the character or the actor playing her husband was none other than Clive Swift, who played Mr. Copper in oh, this particular yeah. episode. And what I found bittersweet about this episode was Mr. Copper makes a comment 
that, you know, I'm on up in years and, you know, I don't, I don't have 10 years. And just a little bit over 11 years later, unfortunately, Clive Swift passed away. So I just kind of, kind of gave me chills, you know, hearing yeah. uh, him say that, realizing, oh, you died earlier this year. You passed away earlier this year. Ooh. So that was kind of sad. Yeah, definitely. I did show enthusiasm. You didn't. You showed no enthusiasm. I tried to show enthusiasm. Give me one more chance, Hyacinth. I'll enthuse it to death. (laughs) You hated it. No, I wouldn't say hated. I didn't say hated. Well, I hope I've now found something you approve of. I like it. You haven't even looked at it yet. I just knew instinctively that that I I would like it. (laughs) Hyacinth who? Richard, come and help me. Hyacinth, stop that at once and get into the car! Well done, sir. In wartime, you'd have got a medal for courage like that. I probably could. I, I probably could sail around the world single-handed. All alone in the middle of a vast ocean. Must be heaven. But, of course, he played um, the... Mr. Ter- Copper. Yeah, Mr. Copper here. And, of course, Richard Bucket on... Uh, Keeping up appearances. Bouquet. It's bouquet. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> but, you know, I did enjoy his character in the sense of always messing up this, uh, you know, what we played at at the first of this episode, this earthology and the boxing and the Santa Claus married to the Virgin Mary. And that mm. th- that was fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, how much do historians actually know? Yes. Right. And, and how Especially much from another just, planet. Yeah. Or yeah. well, even right. here, like filling oh, in yes. the gaps, you know. Um, and you certainly see that on biopics. You know, a lot of that has to be uh, stitched together and things are made up and fill in the blanks. And uh, uh, of course, he gets it way off uh, in his depiction of that. But but I thought it was great fun. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I he is one of my favorite characters of this episode. And I think I said while Kyle was uh, floating in space again, before we were able to get him back into the into the ship um, that I I thought he would make a great companion. Like, I think he hit all the character beats, uh, the companion beats like Astrid did. And so when he gets turned down at the end, I was just like, what? No, he would be perfect. No. Like, yeah. what, you just were going to go with Astrid. Now you have this guy. And, right. Yeah, I thought because he would. Because he's not a cute white woman. I know. <laughs> so I just, he's oh. not coming up for it. Trust me, that's what fandom said at the time. We are like, whoa, doctor. I, you know. <laughs> Come uh, on. Say a trombone. Do better. Wow. Do better, doctor. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think he would have been great. I mean, he was he really would. That would have been funny. He, was into adventure, you know, even the reason he got his fake earthonomics degree was so that he could, you know, have a better life. He just mm-hmm. wanted to explore and get out there. And I, I thought he was, you know, great companion material. So, you know, and we do get him back sort of, well, referenced back. So um, that's nice, but I still, yeah, I think he deserved better. He was <laughs> He does, he does make off with millions and, you know, he does. Well, that's true. Yeah. Free around about the country. So. That's true. His little credit card. <laughs> yeah, just just a million. Not not much. Just a million. 
<laughs> so I want to actually uh, transition uh, to, we had mentioned the angels or the host a moment ago. And Lee, I was listening earlier today to our review of Gridlock, and you brought up whether or not are the um, idea and your discussion and realization over the years of religion in Doctor Who and the absence or the presence of such religion. And that being said, if you look at this episode, in my opinion, and you have these angels and you have the doctor going and visiting with these outcasts as we frame them to be, and then you have this moment when he reprograms the host to ascend and they do this lighting. Yes. Was that just me or did you pick up on that too? No, well, I, I think you'd have to not be watching the show to not pick up <laughs> okay, on that. Good. I mean, yeah, good. I mean, the, the, not the doc- know who Christ is the, for that the, one. <laughs> the, the doctor ascendeth into heaven. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's not just that, but it's also the Christmas thing that, uh, RTD in each of these Christmas specials wants to, to take a particular shot at a Christmas icon and to take something that we love and to make it horrible. So there's a killer Christmas tree in the first one, and then we have a killer Christmas star. And so this year it's angels for crying out Pete's sake. And, uh, oh, um, and of course, a killer Santa's, you know, Santa's a robot, uh, always. So, uh, yeah. So, so why not? You know, the, the killer nativity would have been next. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I mean, there, there, apparently some Catholics like got really angry, and I mean, not just like people I know. I'm just, I mean, people <laughs> like in the world, like were in numbers, in numbers, were yes. like really upset about that. I mean, for me, like obviously there was the religious imagery, but they kind of reminded me of a mix of like the robots from Robots of Death and like. Maybe like the axons from Claws of Axos. Mm. So it's more thinking of that at the time. But yeah, there's definitely the Christ imagery, especially God, that bit when he's carried up to the flight deck. You're just yes, like, oh, right. this, is, and, this is a bit much. And they're called the Heavenly Host, which is a exactly. biblical name, which is, and that is, you know, the, the language in, in the Bible for a group of angels. Right. But the host is also the name of the, the, the body of Christ that you take right. in communion. Right. So we we keep saying the host. The host is here to kill us. We have to do something oh, to stop the host. Man. We have to. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it seemed seemed pretty pretty aggressive <laughs> this this time. The uh, is it is it playful? Is it fun? Uh, <sighs> or it, what do you? I mean, I think Clarence has strong feelings about. It. I don't know. I, it, of course, it's meant to be fun, but. You know, I can I can definitely see people having issues with it. I mean, the use of the halo as a freaking laser destroyer, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh who, who thinks of yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're angels by way of odd job. Yeah. Yeah, and I, or I don't know. <laughs> it, it is very off putting to see that, especially on Christmas. And and the part about him floating up to the engine, the not the engine, but the the bridge, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. They chose to make it very artistic. Um, they could have just had him running up to the angels and them grabbing his arms, but he likes pauses and snaps. Yes. With, with yeah, surrounded, no swathed reason. in light. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's all slow motion and, right. and all the fires going off behind him. And 
Oh, that's I mean, right. He's, he's, he's coming great, out of hell. Into, yeah. yeah, and he's got oh. that great look, like that angst. I mean, which, I mean, to be fair, poor poor David Tennant. I mean, his, his mother died while they were filming this episode. Oh, I didn't they had know to take that. a week so, off. Yeah, yeah, they had to take a week off for him to go up to Scotland and take care of all that. So he literally was like right in the middle of losing his mom, who he was very close to. So, I mean, it was right on his face. He didn't have to reach for that acting, but. I mean, he was super serious coming out of that fire. And then, but yeah, it was, it was overdone. Like he could have just, I don't know, walked up there or did something. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was very odd. I mean, I'm not super religious. I wasn't offended, but it was more like, what? (laughs) This is very weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm. So I think, yeah, I I agree with everything you guys just said. The thing that is my um, meter as to whether or not I think it's over the line is, does it make me feel uncomfortable? You know, and if I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable or, you know, saying, "Eh, did you really, should you have done this? And when they started ascending the doctor, I'm like, "Eh, should you have done this? Maybe not. But um, interesting that, I don't think we had an issue with the weeping angels, but we had an issue with the host. I just find that interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, just in general that we Mm -hmm. seem to have an issue. Yeah, we don't see those as being uh, irreligious or something. Yeah, Yeah. I wonder if it's just, I don't know, maybe they're statues. You know, it's... Yeah, I wonder why that is, because it does yeah. feel very different. And, and these are robots. I mean, they're... yeah, these are robots. Could it be and the I mean, halo? Yeah, it's, it's not unusual to have a story with the robots have gone crazy and, <laughs> and are killing people. Like, yeah. as I said, Robots <laughs> of Death is, <laughs> yes. is an episode. Right. But, well, I mean, um, yeah. And, and plus, the, these robot angels are meant to help the helpers. Uh, I think that what makes it, you know, as opposed to the weeping angels, we know they're bad, they're always in bad. But these angels are supposed to be helpers on this ship and they just go rogue. And, you know, um, that that probably aids to our dislike of them. It is interesting that they keep that uh, where they always say information and and they, yeah. they'll say something that's not even information. You know, Girl. like, kill, kill. You know, like, skip the information mm. part. Just yes. <laughs> cut it down a little bit. So curious. Someone that we've not mentioned and is a character that we see <laughs> one more time, definitely, Alonzo Frame. What did we think of Alonzo, the shipman Alonzo? Midshipman. Yeah, he's, uh, well, Russell T. Davies has a big, big crush on Russell Tovey. So he wanted to get him on there. And I remember him mostly from Being Human. Did you ever watch the British version of that? He was in that oh, show. Okay. And he's also... Isn't he on um, Arrow or one of those? Uh, I've, I've, I'm behind a few seasons, but I think he was on one of the recent CW shows. As yes. a okay, okay, I was I just making he, sure. Uh, Clarence, you may have to keep me honest, but I think he was on the um, most recent crossover crisis on yes. Earth X, and he that's, played the Ray. Right. I think. Yes, that's who he was. I, I knew I'd seen him recently on there, but. I love him as that. He's like just a young guy. He's just, this is his first mission. Poor thing. (laughs) And, uh, you know, he really goes through it. I mean, he, he is a trooper 
Um, I mean, he gets shot and he's moving around and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been shot. It's not fun. And I certainly wasn't moving around like that. You know, it's, it's hard. And he, he kept it together. And while he was freaking out, he still like was able to save people and stuff. So I really like that character. Did did they say what was yeah, just going anybody on who the, will come into a room? Like, I'm sorry. Uh, did they say what was going on with the captain? Did they ever explain uh, that? Yeah, he he's been bought off. He's dying, and they promised money to his family. Yeah, there uh. was um like even in the uh the confidential, the actor was saying uh, Jeffrey Palmer. He was saying that it was his impression that they were gonna maybe kill his family, and like so he was partially doing it to save his family. Mm. Um, it wasn't like he, he was a good guy. He didn't want to hurt people. And that's why he even asked for all old people to be on the ship as far as the staff, which I still, mm. I mean, it's still not great, but you know, he, he wanted that, but yeah, he's, he's crestfallen when he sees this, this kid. Right. Want to stay on the bridge with him. Right. Yeah. On his first mission. Exactly. It's like, Oh, which actually, my other trivia question has to do with Jeffrey Palmer. Oh, Should I'm glad you brought that? him up because I, I wanted to, to shout out there and say, here's one of those actors who is in everything. everything. So just great to see him again. So yeah, trivia my, is as the captain. My my question is Jeffrey Palmer, who of course played the captain, has <laughs> been in Doctor Who before. Oh. What were his previous roles in the series? And bonus. Who are two other people that he's connected to in the modern series? Ooh. Families. Wow. Okay. That's hard. Yeah. And <laughs> funny, good. I've talked about that in a previous appearance on your show. Okay. So, yeah. So, so everybody stop and go back and listen go to back. all previous appearances of the show. Go back and listen to me. Well, uh, Kyle and I uh, met on Doctor Who Podshock. Yes. When we were talking about Doctor Who and the Silurians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which um, had that first appearance of Jeffrey Palmer on Doctor yep. Who. It was Edward yeah. Masters. I was, and he was so in one intimidated, other. I must say, by the voice of Lee Shackleford. <laughs> it, it got over it. I got over it really quick. Now he's still. like, oh, whatever. Yeah. That whatever. Yeah. Yep, he was in that one and one other one. Yes. Which I can say at the end of the show or whatever. Yes, same. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I will say uh, he probably pe- played a man, and he probably exed that uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, that's my gotcha. that's my little. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that only makes sense because I know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. cool. <laughs> All right, so. Curious. Uh, we've been talking off and on, other than me getting lost in space for a minute and, and time and, you know, relative dimensions and all that good stuff. So, did you lock onto the closest uh, source of gravity when you fell, or did you just flow back? To no, the I was kind of like Clara, <laughs> just uh, falling through the doctor's time. Oh, uh, okay. You're not falling, Kyle. You're flying. Oh, yeah. well, I was flying <laughs> through the doctor's well, well time done. stream. Well done. Yeah. So, any other things that we've not mentioned that you guys had written down as notes? And Clarence, I'll start with you. Any other things that you wrote down or comments about this episode that we have not mentioned? 
Uh, certainly. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the episode uh, is when they're trying to cl- cross the engine room. And it's very reminiscent. And I remember this show when I was growing up. I guess I was watching reruns. This movie called When Time Ran Out, which was yeah. about this volcano destroying everything, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a very reminiscent scene where they're trying to cross, cross this uh, bit of land that's been... Um, I guess it may have been a river that the uh, volcano consumed and they need to get across and the bridge was breaking apart. So that reminded me of that just kind of nostalgic thing. But I love that part because <laughs> I thought it was a bit of fun. And um, yeah, we got to see the angels. The angels can fly as well. We forgot. <laughs> I yep. thought that was cool too. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my part of the episode that I thought that uh, was really fun. You said you like the speech too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm the doctor. Yeah, it definitely was definitely was a doctor moment in this episode. And you guys mentioned uh, Astrid's uh, reaction to, yeah, she was to like, the doctor. Oh, <laughs> oh doctor. <laughs> oh, I do doctor. wonder if he practices those in the mirror, though, because he's got them down. He's like, I'm the doctor. I'm a time lord. I'm the, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. There's something about the way David Tennant delivers that, man. It's just like uh, un- unmatched. Yeah. Yeah. We do need the doctor to do those types of speeches every now and then. I'll just every now and then. say that. Leave it at there. Wait, are you, is, that a, is that a dig? Uh, not a dig at uh, 10 or 11 <laughs> or 12. Um, but uh, back to Lee Shackelford. <laughs> <laughs> Any, uh, uh, did you have maybe 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 things maybe that you? Uh, just one. Just one. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to draw me into a debate about whether or not 13 needs to make a speech like this. But um, I am, I'm a huge fan of um, not of all of the disaster movies that were in the theater when I was a kid, but just one, and that is The Poseidon Adventure, um, which I think is a, a, just an outstanding, outstanding movie. And a lot of the other films made in its wake, haha, were um, uh, cheap imitations. Uh, so highly recommended for anybody who hasn't seen the 1972. Um, Beside an adventure, and, and and part of it uh, is about getting this band of misfits, these these people who would never have chosen to be together, uh, through this nightmare, and to come out on the other side. And I, I have to think there, there's so much about this episode that is so seems so deliberately beside an adventure that I have to think that's where the um, where the fat joke comes from, because that's um, it's a plot point in. Uh, the Poseidon adventure. Are we going to have to leave Shelley Winters behind because she can't go through this place that the rest of us are about to go through? Um, and is that a good enough reason for doing it? No, <laughs> but did I immediately recognize it and say, I see what they're doing here? Yes. Um, yeah, so that's okay. But, um, but the same kind of things happen. And one of the things that I really came to love about Poseidon Adventure as I was getting older, and particularly during my days in, in, in the pulpit, was that it, it like this episode, is uh, a religious allegory, or at least has some religious commentary in it. And the, that's easy to overlook as a disaster movie. But, um, but the passengers who are going to try to survive, they divide into two factions. And um, they, they, each of them chooses to follow a preacher. And there's the conservative preacher who says, we're going to stay right here and wait to be rescued. And the liberal preacher who gets everybody together says, the hell with that. We're going to, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get ourselves out of here. And then you watch what happens. 
It's it's very interesting for 1972. It was very interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, that uh, talking about that that speech of the doctors. One one of the um, one of the American channels that was carrying the show at the time was it was it Sci-Fi? Mm, probably Some, in 2000 because it, it was. Yeah, I was, think it was still Sci-Fi. Yeah, at it that was point. series okay. five that that it actually started being on BBC America. Because I remember they cut that. They made that their Doctor Who ident. It was that speech. David Tennant talking to the camera. I'm the doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm 903 years old, and I'm going to save everybody here. You got a problem with that? Then into the theme, Doctor Who tonight at 6 o'clock. So it it does make a, a nice little commercial for the show. Uh, but but it did it did have overexposure. I got to where I'd heard it so often <laughs> after a couple of years. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, 903. Yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> so... Anyway, that's all from me. All right. So other than our trivia, Nicole, did you have anything? Um, well, okay. Um, oh, I'm an overachiever, so of course I have notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually the speech is funny. With the 903, I always laugh when he's like 902, 903, because like the seventh doctor was 950-something or 40-something. And I'm right. like, yeah, you know, that's like the Time Lord 30, you know, <laughs> like 900. Right. But um, anyway, my quick... <laughs> ones because i don't want to keep you guys all day uh one was i'd forgotten it was dedicated to verity lambert True. um that she had just died about a month before it aired and i was like oh god i totally forgot about that so i was like i was like oh verity lambert and uh which i assume you guys know who verity lambert oh, yeah. is okay just making sure <laughs> i'm like you're like that's, who? that's who john smith's mother that's what i was going to say yeah <laughs> she died and that's her maiden she name lived- Longer and, than him. <laughs> and she had died of cancer, which Kylie Minogue had just famously survived. Yeah, this was her first yeah. role since surviving cancer. In fact, she has a wig on because a lot of her hair hadn't grown back. She still had Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, she's wearing a wig. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I I made a note that it was interesting that when one of the people died, I think it was Foon, the doctor gets all angry and he says, no more. Yes. Did you notice that? I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting because now that has more resonance. Yeah. Because you know, we have the whole time, time war thing. I missed it. No. But no yeah, he's more. like, more. I mean, I heard it, but I didn't make the connection. Boy, yeah. Right. For, to me, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Ooh, no yeah. More. And the other bit that I actually really liked, because this was a bit of Time Lord Victoria stuff, is when he's trying to bring back Astrid and he gets all angry and he's like, I can do anything. And he like kicks the thing and he's all upset. <laughs> but then later you have Mr. Copper talking to him and he's talking about uh, Rickson and Slade. And he says, of all the people to survive, he's not the one you'd chosen, is he? But if you could choose, Doctor, if you decide who lives and who dies, that would make you a monster. And I was like, you go, Mr. Copper. Oh, yeah, he laid like, it down. Good. He yeah. just laid it down. <laughs> yeah, and that was a great part. I love just like, Wow, that was good because even the doctor's like, "Oh, yeah." Wow, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, because right. that was just that was that was good. So I think those are most. Yeah, that's pretty much that. That and just Murray Gold and Ben Foster happen to show up in it. So that was <laughs> yeah, fun. Murray Gold at the piano, right? He's, yeah, yeah. He had like a little. No, I think Ben was at the piano and Murray was playing a guitar because he had like this dumb mustache on. He's like, I had a fake <laughs> mustache on. But, yeah, I think that's it. All right. So before we do the trivia answers, my two things that I did not mention was 
uh, I found the look of Max Capricorn very much reminiscent of the way Davros actually looked in Revelation of the Daleks when all you saw was a Davros oh, head yeah, at first. It was just the head. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And interestingly enough, not only did we have a character that was in a cyborg-looking head contraption, but we also had Clive Swift playing another role in Classic Who in this episode, yeah. a much He's younger Clive Swift. Forward. Yes. Yeah, with his little red hair. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, time for the answers to your two questions. The first one, of course, was the actor that might have been Mr. Copper. And yeah, or Max Capricorn. Or I Max Capricorn. I think going to be Mr. Copper, and then they wrote Max Capricorn and wanted him for that. So, so according to the writer's tale. So, before we're TV. blue in the face with our velvet, <laughs> who, who might he have been? Uh, I see what you did there. Very nice. It was Dennis Hopper, which, wouldn't that have been interesting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially I did not did it, know like, that. Blue velvet, like, with the gas mask thing, like, yeah. mommy. Yeah, that would be awkward. <laughs> so the other um, serial that the man who played, uh, what was his name? What was the actor's Jeffrey name? Jeffrey Palmer. Yes. Jeffrey Palmer. So, you know, we, we know he is a man. And I said he X'd that part. So he marked that off. It was an X-man. And X-men <laughs> are what? Mutants. Yeah, he was in the mutants uh, as the administrator. But, Yeah. And the other connection, which this connects to me being on his show, is his son is Charles Palmer, who's a director, and he's directed several Doctor Who stories. He directed Smith and Jones, The Shakespeare Code, Human Nature, Family of Blood, and then he left for a while and he came back and he did Oxygen and Eaters of Light in Series 10. And he's married, Charles Palmer is married to Claire Skinner, who played Madge Arwell in The Doctor, The Widow, and The Wardrobe. So ah. there you go. It's like a family affair. Hmm. Interesting. So there you go. Yeah. Cool. cool. See, I'm dropping knowledge. There See, you go. Well, that, that's why you put me on the show, because I'm a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> and we're proud of it. And we're proud <laughs> of you. <laughs> so why don't we go around the room and give our final ratings of what we say on a scale of one to 10. And I'll start it out because I always do it at the end and then, you know, take the easy road out. So I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm going to start and say, hmm, I'm going to give it a 3.5. I enjoyed it. It was fun. And Bana Cafalada. <laughs> Clarence, what say ye? You said one out of 10, right? Oh, I, did I say one out of 10? Yeah. Oh, well, okay, let's go for it. Uh, then I'll say it's a five point. No, 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 no. Oh, I, I thought I did say five. You, you, you're going to mess up your map. Maybe you did. I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> never mind. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, earthonomics. Come on now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Clarence, one out of a trillion. <laughs> what say you? Oh, man. Um, I love it when the words were uttered, don't you dare, aliens, don't you dare, which, you know, is almost what I said at the end of um, uh, Infinity War. But, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the fun, the funness in this episode. Funness, is that the right thing to say? I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four because I, I, I knew that I didn't enjoy it as much the first time like you guys, but definitely watching it again, I think I had a lot of fun with it. And Astrid, so 
Cool. Yeah. Four. Lee Shackelford. <laughs> I'm going to go up to 4.2 because it's the Poseidon Adventure and Banacafalata. <laughs> Cyborg. 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 Nicole. Um, I think my rating is going to be a three out of five. Um, I think that Tenant mostly did like a really good job with it. Like the angst was on point, but I do still wish Mr. Copper could have been a companion. And I still kind of mixed feelings about the romance stuff with Astrid. So that kind of makes it a little tricky for me, but yeah, three out of five. Okay. I'm going to go back and redo mine and say still a 3.5 with 10 Bonacafaladas and a hyacinth bouquet. So cyborg. Cyborg. Don't keep saying that now. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so why don't we go around the room again and tell anyone listening where you can be found on the internet. And since, uh, Nicole, you have just had a episode of your podcast drop why don't you tell us about that oh um yes i finally put out a podcast episode it's amazing not the episode but that i put it out um but <laughs> her, her annual podcast <laughs> cyborg I uh, I, <laughs> cyborg so i am definitely hoping to get more out soon but uh, that's just a review of uh series 11 um but uh, you can find that at terminus.libsen.com or you can find me on Twitter at terminuscast. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to find me and find my episode. And yeah, so you can get to hear me. It's not a happy episode, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. It's therapy. It's therapy. But uh, yeah, so. Cyborg. Cyborg. <laughs> and uh, speaking of someone who's not a cyborg. Clarence Brown, where might people find you on the internet? I think Clarence, in fact, may be a cyborg, I think. Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, You guys, if you want to catch up with what I'm into, uh, I would say go to Facebook and search groups in search for a discussing network and chime in, leave feedback. What do you want to hear more about? You know, uh, this uh, this is a stumping ground to go in, kind of, you know, interact with our community. So definitely check that out. Uh, Search for a discussing network on Facebook. Excellent. And last, but absolutely not least, Lee Shackelford, where can people find you? I will always point people towards my currently on hiatus uh, radio drama serial, Relativity. And you find that at relativitypodcast.com. See, may I uh, critique and edit what you just said just a moment? Please. You are not on hiatus, or that is not on hiatus. It is mm. in pre-production of series pre-production. five. Exactly. We're currently. Yeah, I am. I'm writing the scripts. You're, so, you're right. I, I am. I'm in. I'm in pre-production. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. See, See I'm good for something. There you go. You. <laughs> At least one thing. Exactly. So anyone listening, if you want to find out other things that we are working on in general, you can go to discussingnetwork.com and that will lead you to all of our podcasts that we are working on. And uh, I'll echo again what Clarence said. Find us on Facebook, the Facebook group Discussing Network. And thank you for listening. We are glad that you are here, glad that you are joining us. And also share the word, tell a friend. And with that, we will be back. Bonnie Cafalada, Cyborg. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was priceless. And that's staying in. All right, right, folks. Clarence would be the cyborg from He is a cyborg. (laughs)
Yeah. That's why he doesn't say it as excitedly as we do, because he's he's angsty <laughs> he's about it. He's on the down low. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is cyborg. Well, but he, he but Clarence would be like Justice League cyborg, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I take up that mantle. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?